We gather together at the beginning of the day, beautiful, bright summer's morning. We recite these words of uh, reflection, of respect, reverence, focusing our attention, joining our voices to recollect these qualities of Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. The capacity to be awake, the reality of the way things are, and the beauty of, of the good, the heart in tune with that which is wholesome, noble. We can think of these three qualities, the triple gem, in various different ways, but one way I like to reflect is that the Dhamma is the substance, is the fundamental fabric of reality. And the primary activity of that quality, that fundamental nature, is to know, to be aware. So Dhamma is the substance, Buddha is the function. Dhamma describes the fundamental nature of things. Buddha describes the activity of that, the function. And when that wise, awake mind sees the way things are, when the Buddha sees the Dhamma, what arises is the Sangha. When the awake mind sees the true nature of things, what arises from that is wholesome activity. Action, speech, attitude that is in accord with that reality. So Sangha is the manifestation how that appears, how that quality, that wakeful attunement manifests in the world. Though we recite these words, formally, ritually, paying respect to Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, but they're also describing ways of training, taking these qualities of our own being, what we are, the fundamental nature of this heart, this mind, this being. Bringing them forth, placing them at the center, paying our respects, bowing down to them as a way of setting the intention to let go of habitual, self-centered, personalized perspectives and instead to attune the heart to the fundamental nature of things. So letting go of a self-centered perspective to attune to a nature-centered perspective or a reality-centered perspective. Letting go of self-view, self-concern, self-interest,
Uh, we use the chanting and the the rituals of veneration, puja, as a way of setting these intentions. And then meditation. The practice of meditation is a way of carrying out those intentions, helping those noble, wholesome intentions to be brought into being, to help them to bear fruit. Just as now the gardens are all bursting into flower, the roses are budding and coming out, irises are blooming, things are in full leaf. That which was potential in springtime is now bearing, uh, coming forth in full blossom in summer. In the same way, that which is potential that which we have the, say, the, the possibilities of within our, our own hearts, our own being, our own minds, that can be cultivated. It's like cultivating a garden, cultivating trees and blossoms can be cultivated, brought forth. So the meditation, the training of mind, moment by moment, is a way of helping those skillful, noble intentions, those aspirations, to blossom, to bear fruit. So in these first few days of a meditation retreat, it's natural for our thoughts to revolve around our families, our jobs, our travels, our work, our hopes, our fears, our loves, our conflicts, our story, our living situation, financial situation, political situation, our health situation, all the different aspects of me and my life. That's natural. Those resonances carry on. We just had these series of, of uh, large events here at Amravati. 360 people staying here for a week for the open retreat with Lumpur Sumedho. 125 monastics, 80 or 100 lay people staying here for the international elders meeting, Sangha gathering. So there's a lot of resonances. Pleasant memories, feelings of exhaustion. <laughs> the afterglow of, of uh, things done well the trickle of unfinished responses, things that still need to be done to, to be tied up. Each of us has our own stories, our own list, personal concerns, personal projects. But the more that we, we take life personally, 
we take those personal perceptions as absolute realities, things of unique importance, and the more that we limit the heart, we divide this life off from the rest of the universe, <coughs> the rest of the living world, the rest of the, of the uh, fabric of nature. So we use the meditation to get to know those self-centered habits. There's strings of thought, judgments and fears, hopes, regrets, passions, irritations and delights. To get to know them, to listen to them, see them in their true light. We can't just snap our fingers and decide to let go of a self-centered perspective. It's a training, a moment-by-moment -moment training. So we bring attention to the body, to its feelings. Sensations of sitting, standing, walking, lying down. Noticing how the body is being held. Are our shoulders hunched up around our ears? Is our belly tight and knotted up? Are we urgently pounding our walking meditation path? Trying to get to the other end, only to turn around and pound our way back again. How is the body? Does it feel heavy, light, warm, cool, comfortable, uncomfortable? Do we even remember it's there half the time? It's easy for us to live in our heads and for our body to be like a kind of loose appendage that hangs off our neck. Our, sort of, our entire life revolves around our headspace. The body is left trailing behind, keeping our neck from scraping along the ground. The body is always in the present moment. It's always here, now. So one of the most helpful ways of establishing mindfulness, attuning to reality, is to recollect the body. How does it feel? How is it being held? What are the sensations of the body right now? To develop the meditation posture for sitting, walking, and we sit to, to sit in a way that's both energetic and relaxed. Similarly, when we do the walking meditation, to walk at a 
natural easy pace, but not to be going anywhere, not trying to get to the end of your path, to train the mind, to watch the body walking without me going anywhere. The mind is perfectly still when it's unified with the quality of awareness. That knowing is always present here, at the center of things. So this awareness can be perfectly still and aware of the perception of the body walking. You are not going anywhere. You are always here. The awareness is always the center of the experiential world. So, even as the body moves, there can be the quality of stillness, as in Lumpo Cha's image of still flowing water. The perfectly still mind is aware of perceptions of the body moving. Just as right now, the still mind can be aware of the sound of my voice changing, forming words, or aware of the flow of sensations in the body, in your back or your knees, your shoulders, your hands, your face. There's the flow of perceptions, but the perfect timeless stillness of that which is aware of them. We use the presence of the body then as a way of anchoring the attention in the present reality. No matter how far our thoughts might wander, how deeply our attention gets absorbed into a memory or a plan or a fantasy, the body is always here to come back to. I like to point out to people that uh, no matter how distracted the mind becomes. The body is like the most faithful friend that's always there to return to. None of us have ever been so distracted that when we brought our attention back, the body had gone. It's always here. It's totally reliable. Most faithful, dependable friend. So if we wish to key our attention to the present reality, the body is the most obvious way to do that. It's always here in the present. And we use a practice of mindfulness of breathing. As we sit in meditation, we form the intention to focus the mind upon the, the feelings of the breath, the simple inhalation, exhalation, the cycles adjusting and adapting according to the needs of the body. And then as we sit, focus the attention on the simplicity of the breath, 
Then the mind comes up with 10,000 thoughts, ideas and plans, memories, regrets and excitements, loves and hates. Our thinking feeds the sense of a personal world, believes in personal judgments. This is good, that's bad, I like, I don't like. It should be this way, it shouldn't be this way. We use the mindfulness of breathing, the mindful walking, as a way of uh, beginning to get perspective, establishing a, an attitude towards all those self-centered judgments, fears and desires, the self-image. I'm a good person, I'm a bad person. I don't know what kind of person I am. I should be better. I am better. I'm worse than. I'm so average. To be able to witness the flow of self-centered judgments. To know that's just a judgment. That's just fearing, liking, hoping, imagining, anticipating, remembering. That's all. That's just my story arising, doing its thing, fading away. We're watching the origin of the world, the cessation of the world. Watching those worlds arise, come into being, do their thing, and fade away. So in this, these practices of concentration, developing a centeredness of attention, focusing on the present reality, learning to not take things personally, this is helping the mind to be a knower of the world. As the Buddha said, one who knows the world reaches the world's end. This is establishing that heart of awareness, of knowing. Liking and disliking arise in here, out there. They arise. Approval, disapproval, they arise, take shape, then dissolve. But that which knows approval is the same as that which knows disapproval. That which knows in here is the same as that which knows out there. That which knows liking is the same as that which knows disliking. Now in these opening days of the retreat, it's important to have a heart which is profoundly forgiving, patient to cultivate the attitude of being ready to begin again, 
sit in meditation and establish the intention to focus on the breath, the mind races away, absorbs into a thought, or an idea, or a memory. Patiently, let go. Forgive the habit of ceaselessly grasping like and dislike, fear and desire, excitement, irritation, whatever it might be. To recognize the distraction, to forgive, to let go. Patiently. Compassionately, ever ready to begin again. In these first few days, establishing the quality of concentration, a focus of attention, it's most helpful to be very deliberately cultivating this attitude of patience, kindness, a radical acceptance. It's just my story arising, my regrets arising my achievements arising. They well up, do their thing, then dissolve. That's all. Within this fathom-long body with its perceptions and feelings, there is the world, the origin of the world, the cessation of the world, and the way leading to the cessation of the world. You can watch this world of me and mine, this body, this story, likes and dislikes, well up, do its thing, dissolve. It's just my story. It's just the mind liking, the mind approving, the mind disapproving. That's all. No need to make anything substantial. No need to make a a big thing of it. And when the heart lets go, disentangles, notice how there's still a participation, an attunement to the world, as a knowing of the world, but without limitation by it. The heart is not limited by those perceptions. There's an ease, a freedom in the heart that is not grasping. <coughs> Let yourself notice that. In those moments of letting go, 
even if it's just a, a second, half a second. When the grasping stops, notice how it feels. In that moment of non-clinging, non-grasping, disentanglement. What's the texture of the experience, knowing the world? Participating, but unentangled. Attuned, but unlimited, unbound. How does that feel? What is its quality? Then we let the naturalness, the simplicity, the ease of that speak for itself. We don't have to tell ourselves, that's a good thing, this is great, more of this please. Speaks for itself. Let that knowing of peace, of ease, of freedom have its own effect. In these morning meditation sessions, some people like to sit, some people like to have the opportunity to do some walking. So in a couple of minutes' time, I'll ring the bell, and those who'd like to go and do walking meditation for half an hour can do so. And then Anagarika Yiri will ring the bell at quarter two to bring people back in. Or if you prefer to sit here, uh, and you can sit here. But if you decided to go to walk, then don't come back until quarter two. And if you decided to sit, don't leave until <laughs> till the session ends.